The whole point of this whole conversation for me today would be summarized in the fact that doubt can promote a greater revelation of God. We can see more of the glory of God when we are willing to wrestle with our conflicts and come out the other side with a, with a more solid faith and a greater revelation of God. Doubt can feel like a dangerous fault line in the bedrock of our faith. Many Christians honestly struggle with feeling doubt and being afraid of that questioning voice in the back of their heads. Some may even have been told that experiencing doubt means they don't have faith. This week, Gary Wilkerson takes a more measured look at doubt and its place in the Bible and our lives. How do we take care of our hearts so that when doubt springs up, it doesn't hurt us? Is it possible to have healthy doubts and questions about our faith? Here, Gary talks about the ways believers can use doubt as a tool to help our relationship with God grow. Now here's our host, Bob Dittmer. Welcome back to another episode of the Gary Wilkerson Podcast, and this week we're continuing our conversation on doubt. But before we begin, I'd like to encourage you to take a moment and please subscribe, rate, review, and share our podcast. Well, Gary, last week we talked about how a certain type of doubt might actually be beneficial, but are there some things that we should not doubt? Some things we should not doubt. Um, I'll get a little psychological on us here for a second. I, don't, I think, I think self-doubt is unhealthy. Um, to, to, so, for instance, you're, you know, you're going through an, an experience of doubt, and, and you're really examining the word, and you want, but then you're doubting you should, and so you withdraw, you pull back. And so I'd say that's one thing. Mm-hmm. And then um, what God has made clear to you um, when, when he has revealed, and, and uh, we shouldn't doubt Scripture by any means, but just to take Scripture at face value and... Um, uh, is so healthy. It's it's it, it, you know it's like God said it, I believe it, and that mm-hmm. settles it. So that there, there's there's a core truth to that, but also there's a there, there's something that needs to be done with that truth. So here's the truth. Okay. So Jesus said, you shall you shall know the truth, and then the truth will set you free. There's two elements to it: knowing it. So I know this this page is saying something to me, uh, but I'm going to wrestle with it. And so, but yeah, to get more directly to your question, I, I would I wouldn't want to doubt. Gosh, there's, there's very little I don't doubt, so it's hard for me to answer this. I almost, I almost, because I was, I was going to say, you know, don't, don't, don't doubt the goodness of God, but, but when I have doubted the goodness of God, it, that refining fire, I came out. You're so much better than I thought you were before I doubted that you were good. So even doubting His goodness was good for me. I don't want to introduce people to a doubt they don't need, though. You know, as they're listening to this podcast today, like, oh, good, I'm going to go start doubting God's goodness. <laughs> you don't need to do that. There's going to be enough life experience and, and tough yeah. battles you'll have to face to, to, to do that. So yeah. it's not something you introduce to yourself to do that. But but I would say there's very few things that that I would say. What about you? That's a, I mean, I don't know if you're thinking anything as you I, ask I, that question because I can't think of too many. Yeah, you know, I, I think since we all do doubt, the first thing I wonder is are there some things that would be off limits? And, and I think you're right. All of those topics you bring up do lead us to a greater understanding. Mm and hopefully a deeper faith and a deeper intimacy with God. And, uh, you know, as we look through Scripture, there are so many that doubted right. through the course of Scripture, and they doubted everything right. that we're talking about. So I guess, I guess if someone were to ask me that question, I'd say no, mm. uh, yeah. probably not. I, even those things that would seem to be sacrosanct, such as the goodness of God, but you're right, why would you question that? Yeah. Uh, question the deity of God. Well, that's part of what atheists need to do, right? Mm-hmm. And whether or not yeah. he exists, that's what they need to do. Yeah. 
So no, I would I would think there is probably nothing off limits. I, as as an old seminary professor once said, say anything you want to God, just watch your mouth. <laughs> I think you have to be careful yeah. how you do it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Realizing our position in relation to He's Him. He's a holy God, and and you know we come to Him with fear and trembling. Yeah. Uh, and yet at the same time, He He um, He doesn't seem to diminish His relationship with us, nor His miracle working power in us when we have this this mix of uh, faith with a little bit of doubt. So, you know, it's, I think it's, it's intriguing that the man, the centurion, who he says, I've never seen such great faith in all. No one has ever had expressed this kind of faith to me before, like this man. And so he get, he got his miracle. The man who said, I believe, but help my unbelief. I'm, 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 I'm doubting here. He got his miracle too. So the grace of God, um, in just having that, he called it, you know, in the scripture, a mustard seed, uh, you know, so so doubt is not going. The good news about doubt is that it's not going to rob you of the goodness of God, uh, and He's not going to be withholding of, uh, to you if if you if your faith is mixed with some uncertainties or some questions or or your past. You know, you get like you said with your bicycle. You, get, you know, oh, I'm coming down to the bottom of the road here. This is good. I fell last time, and, and so He's not going to. He's not going to. There's there's not. He's not punitive. I don't think. In that, as, as expressed in those two illustrations, it's like to him, like, yeah, there's great faith here, so you get your miracle. Well, it's not as great a faith, but you still got faith, so there's going to be a miracle here too. Yeah. I take great uh, joy in that because I've I've met those kind of centurion type people who are, have an unshakable faith. They just like, are rock solid. They just they probably don't have much doubt because just they just are so firm in their and and they see miracles. I'm not built that way. I I, I do have. Unbelief, uh, help my unbelief, and and, and uh, more doubt, but then uh, an unbelief. But you know, so I would say maybe I believe, help my doubts, mm-hmm. help this contradictory the thing that's going on in my mind, um, th- so so that I could resolve it and come out with full faith. But while I'm in that battle, he's still there and he's present and uh, and he's good. And so, and he understands that, that we're you know we're, how we're made. So God understanding that then gives us grace to. Um, receive faith as a gift, and also then um, allow our doubts to, to to stir up questions, so that we we can take this whole thing of of faith and and make it more real to us. And again, the outcome of it, I mean, the whole point of this whole conversation for me today would be summarized in the fact that doubt can promote a greater revelation of God. We can see more of the glory of God when we are willing to wrestle with our conflicts and come out the other side with a with a more solid faith and a greater revelation of God. What would be your recommendation to them as they're going through that doubting process? Um, going through it, I would, I would start by how you enter into it, entering into it with an honest heart, number one, entering into it with a desire to come out the other side, not to, um, <clears throat> you know, the Bible says a fool in his heart says there is no God. So it's a heart issue. It's not just an intellectual issue. It's it's a fool in his heart, and so if you enter into it, doubt like a, a, in a foolish way, you to, to almost try to disprove like, you know, if if you enter into it. So so I would say, uh, you know, check your heart in a sense first, and saying like, am am I is this doubt born out of um, anger, for instance? Like, you know, my pastor said that, and I don't like my pastor, so I'm gonna. You know, my pastor preached for six weeks on tithing, and I don't like my pastor, so I'm going to disprove tithing. And so I'm going to go into Scripture. And you go to Scripture trying to make your point mm-hmm. rather than letting it speak to you. And so those are some dangers 
uh, to say. So, but if you go in with an honest heart, saying I want, I want truth, I want life, and then um, study the scripture, that you know, we find truth and we find life in, in that. Um, I think meditation is really important. Uh, contemplation, taking time. Um, you know, we're, we we live such busy lives. Um, many of us have doubts, and then we just never pay attention to them. We don't take the time to enter into them. Uh, I, I I use a, a notebook or a yellow notepad, and I and I and I just I, I kind of it's not really a journal, but I write down like you know things I'm wrestling with. So again, going back to this example, is God good? Does He love me? Does He care for me? Or is He angry and mm-hmm. vengeful? Okay, so you know I'll write that down. I might even do like on one side write loving, caring, mm-hmm. and then the other side angry, vengeful, because these are because you can find things in Scripture where it says He's angry, mm-hmm. and so okay, is that? But then you'll I believe you come out through the taking these two contra- seemingly contradictory things, you'll come out with a, uh, I don't call it balance, I call it harmony. You know, balance is like this is on one end and this is on the other end, where harmony is like a, a piano yeah. with the, you know, the chord, it's chord, it all resounds together as one thing. And so you'll, you'll come out, you'll understand that God can get angry and he, God is a ven- God of vengeance, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not, it never says God is vengeance, he takes vengeance, mm-hmm. but he is love. And so you write these things down and you begin to contemplate on them, you study scripture, uh, and also then don't be afraid to bring them up in your conversations. You, you've got to find a good friend who is not afraid of doubt. Uh, if you're in a church environment where, as you said before, like you can't express your doubts, um, then you might need to find a, a good Christian friend that's maybe you know on your campus or in your neighborhood something like that somebody that you can talk to if you're a pastor even some pastors are facing doubts and they have for a pastor more than others it's like hey I can't I can't doubt this you know and um, I don't ever want to preach my doubts I don't want to do a sermon on Sunday morning saying like hey, I'm kind of doubting the goodness of God I just want you guys to know about that you know I, I, I preach what I've worked through yeah. uh, these things I know these things I believe these things I hold firm um, but but you know most people that hear me preach don't know that I may have wrestled with that, mm-hmm. and I may wrestle with it again. I'm, you know, I'm talking here again about, about the goodness of God. Sure. Uh, there'll probably be another season in my life where something will happen. I'll go like, "Are you really good? Do you mm-hmm. do you really care as much as you say you do?" And then I'll have to go back uh, to the Word, back mm-hmm. to meditation, back to the, my journaling, uh, you know, or just writing it out, getting getting the the, the harmony of 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 the Word of God, uh, and then praying a lot of prayer and, and a lot of honesty before God. A lot a lot of you know, just. Don't be afraid to be honest with God. Again, just you know, be careful how we how we talk to Him. He is He He is to be revered, but He is our Father as well, and um, He's not afraid of our questions. There will be some questions I'm sure that our doubt process won't answer, and our yeah. ways are not mm-hmm. His ways. Point. So, yeah. what do we do when we go through that process of doubting and we're still not clear on what the answer is? If you're built like me, you enjoy the journey. I, I enjoy the. The process, and so even if I come up, there's still there are things that I I have doubted and I don't know the answer to yet. I don't I don't know, um, you know, the, some of the whys. The, you know, and, and I've heard some good stuff. You know, the, the um, evil, the, the whys are evil in the world. Why does God allow suffering? Uh, you know, and there's some tremendous stuff. But there's still you know. I haven't, res- haven't resolved it. Yeah, yeah, there's mystery, and, and I'm okay with mystery. Mm-hmm. I think people that are okay with doubt are going to end up being okay with mystery. If you're not okay with doubt, you're not going to you're going to be very uncomfortable with mystery. Mm-hmm. The hard part too is is you know we we are all built differently. We have different personality types, and so for me, I'm very comfortable with this, and I always tend to come out of it more victorious than I went into it. Where other people, I've seen them spiral uh, because I, I think they just have a personality that they don't like change, and they're 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 more 
I don't, I don't even know what you would call that kind of personality, but uh, the type that um, just just keep it secure, keep it, uh, you know, or even people with greater faith than I have, and they, they just they just they hear it and it says it in the word, so they just absolutely believe it, and uh, I, I I admire that. So you don't have to have doubt. If I'm not saying like you're a great man, you know, you're you're the saturian, stop it, you know. Uh, <laughs> but if you're the Pharisee, I would say stop it because that that kind of that that false faith that uh, will lead to death and weakness and. Um, that that's not what God wants for us. He wants us to do that. So, those, I, so those are a few of the things I think we would we would look at. Let's speak to that group that you just mentioned. Uh, the Barna survey said two thirds of Christians uh, deal with doubt, so it means a third don't. So that mm-hmm. group that doesn't, what do they do? How do they treat people that they come in contact with that are having doubts? What would you recommend? The the, the, the is it one third that don't? One third that don't. Yeah. Okay, so the one third that don't, I would think that fifty percent of them are. You know, are, are telling the truth or, or deny? Yeah, yeah. telling the truth, and, I, and then then another fifty percent of them that are are telling the truth are doing it out of denial. They they just they were trained to believe that it's wrong, it's sinful, so they're afraid, yeah. they're fearful, and so they therefore they don't doubt. So that leaves a very small portion of people that uh, really have that kind of. Uh, uh, it's just a, it's it's a it's it's a good thing. It's a simple childlike faith. I'd just say hang on to it and. Uh, come on this podcast and teach me how to, how to get it. Uh, we could probably so, say to them they should treat those that are doubting with some mercy. That's, couldn't we? Yeah, Jude yeah. says that, right? Yeah, yeah to, to be to be merciful to those those who doubt. And, yeah. and it's a uh, but it is it's 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 not an uncommon thing. If somebody's facing some doubts, uh, don't don't beat yourself up. Don't get uh, don't allow condemnation. The enemy, uh, you know, where God could use our doubts. The right, the righteous type of doubt for good, the enemy will use it for evil, and it'll bring a lot of condemnation and shame. Uh, like you know, oh, you're, 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 you're no good. You're, you're worthless. You're hopeless, and that's uh, you know, don't don't let those lies come in because that that will cause that repression of, of honest seeking. You know, and maybe that's another word for doubts is you know might, maybe in a better word. I know we're talking a lot about doubt today, but maybe it's a seeking heart. You know, it's like like I I have doubts, but I don't have a doubtful heart. I think, but I have a seeking heart. I have a, a, a truth-searching heart, and um, and so I'd say that is put in there. No matter what type of personality you have, I, I think that's put in there by God. It's the you know eternity is in our hearts, and the seeking for eternity. And we don't know what eternity looks like other than what Scripture is telling us, and so we can go off that. But then we have questions about it, and we're seeking. Like I want to know more, and doubt can help keep us from uh, false doctrine. Uh, you, hear, you know, it's like if you believe everything you hear in a church, you're going to get led into some false doctrine. So, yeah. so that's the Berean. The Bereans were kind of the. Uh, would you say they used doubt? I, I definitely. I think yeah. they did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think they used, uh, um, uh, you know, some 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 healthy skepticism. Uh, so they're not hook, line, and sinker. And there's so much crazy false doctrine in the church today uh, that you know, if we don't have that healthy skepticism, it's it's not an unbelief. Like you know, I'm just going to go to church and just cross my arms and just you know challenge everything that the pastor has to say yeah i can speak for pastors we don't like that a whole lot you know it's it's it's, it's not healthy for us to especially if our whole congregation is doing it uh, but to have you know but but if you know i i've always i've always loved it when um you know people are listening and then they have something they're like hey you know you know i i i need to challenge that assumption in a good way i think uh, it was Pulled some information from, I think it was John Piper's website, who was giving suggestions on dealing with doubt. And kind of speaks to that last point of yours, which mm. he said, make the main thing the main thing. 
Mm. I, I think doubt sometimes we, as you said, we start doubting everything the pastor says and sit there with our arms crossed and yeah. said, prove it to me. That, that kind of an attitude isn't one really searching truth. It's one who's, I guess, looking to find holes. Right. That's kind of a difference, isn't it? That's, it is a difference, yeah. Yeah, that, and that's, a, that's, that's the attitude that Jesus came to confront. That's, you know, I've talked here in the podcast before about how, how um, you know, at creation, God brought order to chaos, mm-hmm. and that's what he's trying to do in our life. Is It's a constant spiritual warfare to bring, <clears throat> but the opposite's true, too. He brought chaos to order, and, and so you have this this order of like you know it's like mm-hmm. I'm not going to leave anything and I'm going to or or believing the false things like we said earlier but the Pharisees believe these crazy and, and so Jesus brought chaos mm-hmm. to to a wrong order and um, and I think that that will cause you to doubt false assumptions of of, of things and this is, it's a journey that that will will bring you out to greater 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 um, understanding of of God and then you know we, the more we know of God the more we love Him so so the, all of these all these things that um, we, that we're seeking are, are, are good for us. Mm-hmm. One thing we should all doubt is our ability to manage our own lives. I mm-hmm. think is the one thing we ought to put some doubt into, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and that's you know that's kind of personalizing it too. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the doubt we're talking about today could be easily seen as issue oriented, mm-hmm. but I think it's much deeper than that. It's it's. I think the the doubts might take on a characteristic of an issue. But I think they're more – they come from the heart, mm-hmm. out of the heart, you know, bring the issues of life. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm dealing with some questions and I'm seeking certain things or wrestling with some doubts I have, I know there's something deep going on in my heart, mm-hmm. and, and I want God to deal with it. I want him to t- touch that area. And sometimes it's a healing issue. Um, you know, so I keep going back to this thing about, you know, is God good? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so – you know that that could be a doubt that somebody's wrestling, and they could wrestle with it intellectually all day long, all night long, year after year after year, and never resolve it. Um, and it might be a healing issue. You know, maybe they were wounded by their own father. Their father abandoned them, rejected them, neglected them, abused them, and so they projected that image onto God now. And so that there has to be a healing in place. But the doubt that they're going through is a tool, in a sense, that God could use. If they repress it and don't do that, then they'll never be healed. And a lot of people are unhealed because they never run to Jesus and say, here's my issue. Uh, here's the issue of blood that I've had for 12 years. Can you touch me? Can I touch the hem of your garment? And, and wanting it to be brought, exposed to the light, wanting it to be brought to the truth. And so there are some deep emotional wounds, uh, deep uh, wounds that people have gone through that, that, that take on a form of intellectual doubt or skepticism. And it's not. It's an issue of the heart that needs to be healed. And that's – and so – so, but, but again, the doubt can be used as a signpost that God says this this shows that there's something in the heart that's working. So it may start in the in the brain. I have this intellectual doubt about this issue. Can I walk on water? Like Peter says. But then the, it, it, it literally comes down to the heart. Um, you know, can I trust God? Can I can I or can I trust myself? Do I do I believe in God? And do I believe in myself? Do I? Uh, believe that he heals and do I believe that I need healed and there's emotional wounds there's there's scars I was at Times Square Church recently and I, I spoke on that getting healed and um, you know they might want to that's on our website it would be a good message to it, it really it touched my heart before I preached it but I had a lot of people come to me afterwards and said man I just needed that uh, because you know you talked about loneliness and you talked about depression um, and and so these are some of the, some things that trigger doubts at times um, but if you allow that doubt to work in a good way in your heart, then the Holy Spirit heals 
that that sense of loneliness. He heals that depression. He heals that that sense of being uh, worthless. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and it's brilliant. Isn't that amazing that God could use a, a tool such as mm-hmm. uh, that sounds so negative, but it could have some pon- positive connotations used in the right way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's like fire, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it, it? If you use the wrong way, it can burn your house down. <laughs> use the right way, it can keeps heat you, you in the middle. It keeps you warm. I, I loved your illustration from Times Square Church where you're talking about being on the scaffold that you had built on sand, and it mm-hmm. was rocking back and forth, and you cried out for help and saw Jesus down there shaking, pushing yeah. it back and forth, making uh-huh. the scaffolding move. I thought that <laughs> yeah. was wonderful. <laughs> Thank that, you. Truly is life. That is chaos to order that he brought, uh, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and, 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 that's, and maybe that's what doubt does. We're, we're building this scaffolding of, of our own doctrine that's that's not really his heart or his mind and, and yet we're building it securely and feel like it's it's growing and look how well we're doing and he's there shaking it saying that's just not healthy and, and we begin to uh, the equilibrium gets thrown off and and uh, it begins our head begins to spin and our heart begins to you know to, to pump like you know a faster pace than normal it doesn't feel right doesn't feel healthy and that's why I've, oftentimes I think people reject it uh, because they just feel this 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 is this is scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to be secure. I, I want to be safe. I just want to live in a little bubble. And so just just tell me what to believe, and 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 that that'll make it a lot simpler for me. Though you know, like Gary, what you're talking about today uh, sounds frightening. It sounds scary. But but uh, you know it it you know it, but you know, again I think you know the 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 goal then would be to keep your eyes on Jesus in the midst of that. Again, that's what happened with Peter. Mm-hmm. He sunk, you know, when he looked at the waves and the wind, the scary things that are happening rather than just keeping your eyes on Jesus. And that's that's been my guide through some of the questions I've had, some of the doubts I've experienced. It's it's like, man, I just, the, the bottom line is I love Jesus with my whole heart and I want to know him and, and, I, and I want, I want um, revelation um, at, at, at face value, like I get revealed something. I want it to speak to me. But when I when it doesn't speak to me when I don't get it face value, then I have to dig a little bit more and doubts and shaking. Uh, he says it'll shake everything that can be shaken, and um, so that and, and I want him to I want him to shake all my false assumptions. I want him to shake everything that that I learned. Uh, can I use an example? Mm-hmm. So I learned when I was growing up in the, the, the Pentecostal church I went to that the only people that have the Holy Spirit in them are those who speak in tongues. And so I was taught that, uh, not from my parents, but from the, the church I went to. Uh, and then I started reading scripture, and I was like, wait a minute, that's like, you know, the, those people didn't, not everyone spoke in tongues, Paul said, so then uh, not every Christian is filled with the Holy Spirit, but you have to have the Holy Spirit to be born again. And so so that I started doubting that that line of doctrine. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we may get some letters here from, from this one if, if you're in that line of doctrine, but maybe that will be... I'll send them to you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but maybe I've challenged an assumption today that could be false. And that's, that's just one example. I'm not trying to speak of particular doctrines here today um, or denominations, but I am trying to say that, so I, you know, if I, if I hadn't doubted that, I would still be believing it today. And, and the, result, the result of an unquestioned faith is, uh, affects our relationships as well. I know we're going off on all kinds of tangents here today, but, but it does. So, so if, if, if I cling to that belief and somebody else that I'm around, maybe another pastor that I'm doing, a, uh, say, say we're speaking together from the pulpit, and I speak in tongues and he doesn't, and if I believe that I'm spirit-filled and he isn't, well— what, am I going to trust him? Am I going to yeah. believe in him? Am I going to hear from him? Am I going to honor him the same way I was, as I would? And so it affects my relationship with him. It puts us in two different classes and categories. And so the the, the doubt that I experienced about that being a reality has jettisoned me to a to a, you know, greater faith. 
uh, truer faith and greater relationships with other people in the body of Christ. And so I would say that, you know, again, as Jesus challenged the assumptions of the Pharisees, we need challenged ourselves. Uh, and Jesus, if we'll allow him to, will we'll come with it and upturn the tables of our heart and say, this is not, you know, you're believing something that's not true or you're, it's true, but you don't really have a full revelation of it. And you're willing to hold to the smaller revelation that you have because it's comfortable and you don't want the tables and the, the scaffolding shaken. And so you're not willing to, to test this thing and, and to probe it and to pick it apart and to, to lay it in pieces in front of you and then put it back together in a good way and in and, and a, and a stronger way, in a purer way, in a, in, in, a, in, a, in a healing way and in a relational way that affects our lives more powerfully, more profoundly. Well, Gary, this was, uh, I hope this will be beneficial. I'm sure it has been for me and hopefully for those listening and watching will be beneficial as well as they struggle through the doubts that they have and how to use them to... Uh, fortify their faith, mm-hmm. not to break it down. There but. you go. Thanks, Bob. Good being with you again today. Thank you. You've been listening to the Gary Wilkerson Podcast. Doubt can be the Holy Spirit's protection against false teaching. It can also be God uncovering old lies and wounds that he wants to heal. While it might be frightening to feel, doubt can lead us into an even deeper relationship with our Heavenly Father. Praying, examining the Bible, and seeking wise counsel can help make a season of doubt into a season of growth and new health. If this topic touched your heart and you would like daily inspiration on your journey, consider signing up for our daily devotional emails. Each day you can get a word of encouragement from Gary, David Wilkerson, Nikki Cruz, or other friends of World Challenge. Subscribe today at worldchallenge.org. The Gary Wilkerson Podcast is brought to you by World Challenge, sound design for this episode by Mike Hall-Smith. This episode was written by Rachel Schmitz. Our producer is Chris Wigington with video production by Aaron Gale. In next week's episode, Gary will be joined by his wife and son as they give their family's testimony of a prodigal child overcoming addiction. We hope to see you next time on the Gary Wilkerson Podcast. Until then, do all you can to live a better life and make a better world through Jesus Christ.